Let's welcome on to the country Simon Bridges. Simon, good to have you back on the country. What did you make of the uh, formation and the policies of that new uh, coalition government on Friday? Well, you know, I was just saying to you off here, Jamie, uh, look, I... I had my, I'm going to be honest, I had my doubts. I was worried about how it was going to show up. I thought the longer this thing went on, uh, that could create issues. But Friday, when I saw the, the shape of this, when I read the agreements, I got more and more optimistic. I think this could be a really good reformist centre-right government. And I think the, um, yeah, I suppose the centrist Prime Minister and Chris Lux and his senior ministers but also two third parties in and uh, in New Zealand first and David and Winston competing to sort of reform. I think it's going to be a more business-friendly government. I think it's going to be less woke. So from my personal perspective, I think a lot of business people out there, what's not to like? Exactly. Well, I'm just going to repeat your words. I think Seymour and Winston will stop the Nats from being too woke, and that is a good thing because we're over wokeness. We've had six years of that. Yeah, I think it's a good combo, right? I, re- I really do. And I know you, as we've talked off here, you want to throw Winston the wily old crocodile, which I called him at some point in time, back in my face. I think I said it to him on a panel um, just immediately pre-election. Well, I stand by that comment. But I'm with you. I'm so glad he's there um, with, with Chris Lux and, and David Seymour. I think... I think it's now. Don't get me wrong; it'll have its issues. There'll be potholes. Winston will go to war with the the 25-year-olds in the media every day of the week. But I think when you when you stand back and you look at what they do and what's in those agreements, it's a pretty strong program. First hundred days, but actually after that as well. You're running the Chamber of Commerce in Auckland, our biggest commercial centre and our biggest city, obviously in this country. And Auckland has been feeling a bit of pain, Simon Bridges. Yeah. And Auckland voted almost unanimously in a lot yeah. of ways blue, or voted centre right. Oh no, that's exactly right. Look, um, it's quite interesting. You go to Wellington, uh, where where all the politicians are now, and you know they're proving hard to to get hold of. That's why I'm probably doing a few interviews, but um, that didn't. That voted Labour Green, right? So that tells you something about Wellington. Auckland, very different. Um, look, the reason was was a bunch of things, but I think that the, 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 was it the second or the third lockdown made a heck of a, dis- a difference. But again, I come back to what I was sort of saying to you. If you look at those agreements, the National Act one and the, the National New Zealand First one, the stuff which concerned Aucklanders, and I wondered, will it all be there? It was there, you know. Um, they're going to deal with crime. They're going to be significantly firmer. That's a big business issue. They're going to get some inward investment going back. They're going to, they've got a lot of plans around infrastructure. They're going to be better around local government. Look, I've got to say, you know, Judith and I haven't got on at all times in politics, but I think Judith Collins has entirely grasped technology and what's required, and that's a that's a heck of a big deal in Auckland. I think the other one, while I'm on a roll, is cutting red tape, and I'm delighted to see David Seymour there in that regulatory uh, reduction uh, the portfolio, because um, Good grief, Auckland. But actually, as you know, the farmers uh, everywhere else in New Zealand need that. Absolutely, because um, I know that National is supposedly or self-titled the, the Farmers' Party, but I would say this. I would say once again, uh, Seymour and Winston are probably more farmer-friendly than the National Party are at the moment. They're all making their pitch. What do you reckon? Well, and the, and the brilliance is that they're going to compete for your vote. You know, so that's a beautiful place to be. David... Actually, Todd McClay, um, Winston, and um, his colleague, it's Mark Patterson, isn't it? 
um, they, they're all going to be there out competing for your vote. So it's a beautiful scenario, uh, I think, for the agricultural sector in New Zealand. Um, I, I think, look, no, look, I think McClay's, I would say this, he's a former great pal of mine. I, I think McClay will be good as agriculture minister and trade minister, and he'll do a good job for the farmers. Well, he'll do, he's certainly well qualified in trade and he has a lot of empathy for farmers. So we're definitely going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And as you say, he's got Andrew Hoggard. He's got Mark Patterson yep. from New Zealand First. And he's also got yep. Nicola Grigg, uh, who's also, yep. um, I, I think, an up-and-comer in the National Party. Yep. Now, famously, you famously... Former press, press, press uh, secretary of mine. I just sort of throw that oh, in there. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Former girlfriend of Richie as well, she wasn't me she? Bit English, but, you know... Oh, well, and, that's uh, all right. I thought she yeah. left you for Richie. <laughs> no, anyhow, no, no. She well look, she's 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 great. She'll be great. Yep, I'm sure she will be. Now, you famously called Winston a wily old crocodile, and you also famously, uh, Simon. I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. Called Maureen pure useless. Now, let's forget about that. Let's park that. But if Maureen's useless, what does that make Damien O'Connor? Because she beat <laughs> Damien on the coast. Yeah, terrible. Um, look, I said a lot of things in politics, and I want to say I got a lot right, but I wasn't always right. And um, I think it's uh, it, it is fascinating. I mean, you just think you know, West Coast, but up in Auckland, you know, last night I was at events, and I'm with a couple of gentlemen, great guys, but they won um, Ross School and uh, in New Lynn. I never thought I would live in a world uh, where the National Party would win those seats. So it's a world of opportunity. Uh, I, I've already said John Winston, look, I, I am glad he's there, actually. Uh, the, the, some in the media, actually, the media secretly, you know this just quietly, they will be delighted he's there because he's going to provide them with good copy in a way that probably, um, uh, uh, you know, a safer uh, Chris Luxon just isn't. Yeah, but do you think some of the 20 or 30-somethings, female television political reporters, will enjoy Winston. He's almost declared war on them. Yeah, he has. And, and I think I think what he's got to do, far be it me to give um, you know, the most experienced politician in the government uh, gratuitous advice, but here goes. I think it, it, what he needs to walk the line is, is distinguish between that side of the media, where I think there'd be quite a few, including in the farming community, um, that that would say, you know, at a level, kind of, don't go too far, Winston. But but good on you. We understand where you're coming from, and we and, and we did want to see a government that was that was a bit more pro-business, less woke, and all of and, and, and all of those things. He's got to distinguish between that and a few out there. There's not too many, but you're one. I'll put you in this category. Do you consider yourself a journalist or are you a broadcaster? Maybe, a but I'll put no, you no, in no, no. I'm a, I'm a broken down sheep farmer with a stutter. I'm neither. Well, the more mature end of uh, of of the media. So you're saying I'm past it, are you, Simon Bridges? You're saying I'm past it? Oh, you know, you're not getting any younger, are you? <laughs> you're not getting any younger. Well, no, no, I've I've got I've got some lifelines. I've got some experience. You see, I was there in the eighties as a young farmer, so I kind of uh, I understand and have have great empathy for rural New Zealand. Look, I've just yeah. finished reading. You've had a wee shot at me there, um, Simon. I've just finished <laughs> reading uh, Stephen Joyce's book, and in yeah. there he he quote he said Simon was always in a hurry. Yeah, I saw that. Someone I haven't read it. I think Paul Goldsmith, the our senior minister, sent me the page, and I saw that little reference. Well, what I would say is it's all very well for you to say that, Stephen, but you were a minister from the first minute you were in Parliament, and it took me a few years. So, you know, if I was in a hurry, it's because I just wanted some of the um, some of the responsibilities and things that you, you got to do. And uh, 
But what I would say is Stephen was a supremely competent um, go-to guy in the government. I think he did an amazing job. I, I always respected him. And, um, you know, I, I, what I, what I, that is relevant to this government. I, I hope what's happening is that they're talking to the likes of Stephen, getting some good advice. And I, and I also hope that some of them, maybe Bishop, maybe Brown, Simeon Brown, um, that they that they develop into the next Stephen Joyce's because good government needs guys like that. Absolutely, the doers. Do you think uh, John Key is in Luxon's ear big time? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, if I say yes, am I creating a headline? Look, I think I think it's certainly true that that you know um, Chris and John and, and rightfully so are close. Um, that, that, you know, Chris can draw a lot on John's experience. You know, that there, there'll be different characters and we have slightly different ways of things. But I think, you know, I said to you earlier, um, Chris Luxon's a centrist, and there's no shame in that. It's probably on balance a good thing and what you want uh, in a prime minister leading from the middle. Well, the best centrist prime minister we've had in, in a very long time is John Key. So I, I, I'm sure they are when John's, I think at the moment he's in an Antarctica room, has it. Um, but I'm sure when John's around, um, and even when he's not, um, he, he would be taking Chris's call. And I think most of us out there um, would say that's a pretty good thing, isn't it, for, for Chris to be able to lean in the early days as he's gearing up on uh, the right honourable Sir John Key. OK, one more for you. The Labour Party, they've got to lick their wounds. They could be six, they could be nine years in opposition I don't think Chris yep. Hipkins is the guy to lead them to an election victory. Who, who's, the, who's the next Labour Prime Minister I, I, going to be? I think, I, think, I think you're right on your first stuff, which is, look, the danger for them is they're going to draw precisely the wrong lesson from this. You know, there's a lot of people out there on the left who say, oh, well, the problem for Labour was uh, Hipkins was too centrist. He got rid of capital gains and wealth taxes and so on, so they need to move left. And, and actually, because they got beaten by the likes, or, did, or no, I shouldn't say beaten, but the, the Greens went real well, um, Maori Party went real, and I, I won't bore you with the details, but I can explain why that happened. But, but they're going to draw the wrong lesson from that, and they're going to say, oh, well, that means we have to compete on the far left. We have to have wackier, more left-wing policies. If they do that, that's a recipe for six, nine years in opposition. I disagree with you on Hipkins. Um, I was actually with him at an Indian Business Awards last night, my view is a bit like what I was saying before. He's a bit more centrist than some in the Labour Party. I personally think with his experience and um, having been Prime Minister, um, he is their best bet at the moment. Look, that, that does point to the weakness that you pointed out, though, which is that right now, if he fell under a bus, we don't wish that, of course, um, who, who would there be? I don't see much of anyone um, who could step in and do a good job there. Okay, and one more, even though I said the last one was the last one. Do you rue the day that COVID hit our shores? Because even (laughs) though, seriously, even though your personal popularity wasn't through the roof, you were leading a national party with 40% plus support. If it wasn't for COVID, I put it to you, you could have been our first Maori Prime Minister. Yeah, well, I think I think you know this is this is very gratuitous and 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 self-serving by me. But but if you look at the polls, um, there was never a time pre-cold COVID under my leadership where the National Party went under forty percent. There were times there when we were I think it was January twenty twenty before everyone was in full COVID flush at forty six. I think on the TVNZ on the TVNZ polls, which you know which indicated things were going well. 
Um, you know, look, of course. Hey, I'm not going to. I'm going to lie to you. It would have would have been a, a remarkable privilege, and and had COVID not not happened, I think we would have been very competitive that year. But I think what happened with COVID is, in the end, um, people rally around the flag. They rally around the party that's in government. Probably rightly so. It was a bit like war conditions, wasn't it? The problem was Labor then took that support for granted. Um, they, they forgot about Auckland. And now they're sitting there in opposition battling with the Greens and to party Māori. Yeah, potential a coalition of chaos. Simon Bridges, thank you very much for your time. Loved having you on the show. We must get you back, and I'll even send you a box of Emerson's McKaiser because I know you like Love. the taste of it. Love it, mate. I'll drink them on Christmas Day. Good to talk to you.